welcome to another Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, uh? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hey, Potter Pineapples. Welcome to Pottercast number 42. We've got a pretty straightforward show for you this week. First of all, our modcast is all about Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Our canon conundrum segment is all about whether or not Harry is ready to find the Horcruxes in book seven. Our mailbag makes a return and lots of fun elsewhere. Trust me. Um, also, if you feel so inclined, it's now the beginning of the month. And if you'd like to support the show by voting for us at Podcast Alley, you can do that at Pottercast. We have a link right on the right side of the page. And that's it. See you later. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Here are the latest Harry Potter news headlines for this first full week of June. We got our first peek at some of the filming going on for Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix recently, as second unit crews have been in the West Highland areas of Scotland. A TLC reader happened to be there on vacation, and she was able to get some photos of this filming, which we now have online for you. These photos seem to show Dan Ratcliffe's body double dressed in Harry's Gryffindor uniform. They also include some of the gorgeous landscape and scenery of Scotland being used in the new movie. Principal filming for Phoenix is now on hiatus and will resume again next month. Speaking of actors, TLC can report to you that Dan Ratcliffe, Rupert Grint, and Emma Watson, along with film producer David Heyman, will make a new videotape message to be played at the San Diego Comic-Con next month. At this time, we do not believe there are plans to include footage from the upcoming Order of the Phoenix movie. However, this is a new message to be shown during this popular fan convention, which runs July 20th through the 23rd, and we hope to have more information about this message as soon as we can. In book-related news now, we previously we first told you that author J.K. Rowling would be interviewed on the Richard and Judy talk show sometime this summer. LeakyNews.com can now confirm for you the exact date of this interview. This program will be broadcast on Monday, June 26th at 5 p.m. in the U.K., so make sure to set your VCRs or TiVo, everyone. This talk show, which is broadcast on U.K. Channel 4, will feature a new interview with Joe, which comes the day after she attends a birthday party for the Queen of Buckingham Palace, where Joe will be reading from Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. Stay tuned to LeakyNews.com as we hope to have video and much more from both of these events on our website. Finally, there has been a new Harry Potter fan convention announced. Prophecy 2007 from Hero to Legend will be taking place next August in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. This is the second Harry Potter convention announced for 2007, the first being... Phoenix Rising, which is held in New Orleans, Louisiana in May of next year. Next year is sure to be a memorable year for Potter fans everywhere, and we will keep you up to date on all of these and any new events being planned for next year. Well, for further information on all of these stories and much more, you can find the best Potter news on the web at leakynews.com. Have a good week, everyone, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Pottercast number 42. Yay! Yay, indeed! It's summertime. It's a good number. It is a wonderful number. Mm-hmm. It's a multiple of twenty-one. Of seven. No. Yes, you're right. Seven and six. And six and other numbers and too. Mm-hmm. Isn't that six? fun? Yes. Yep. Are we talking math? And, I don't want to do math. Yeah. <laughs> and twenty-six. Twenty-one. And dollish. <laughs> okay. Welcome, Pottercast 40, 42. It's a multiple of many things. 
Mm-hmm. It's a good show is what it's going to be. It is a good show. I got a feeling. Contrary. But I can't give any commitments yet. Contrary to previous evidence. It's, I think it will be a good it's show. It's going to be a good show. So how are you guys doing? Awesome. Oh, we're doing great. We're doing great. Can we in- introduce ourselves, though? Because I want to do that at least five times this episode. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because we don't do enough. We don't do it enough. <laughs> we really don't. No. We really don't. No. We actually just got an email telling us that we should inter- introduce ourselves more. Yep. Because it gets confusing. They, they just don't know who we are. We have such similar voices, all of us. That's right. We do. We do. I'm constantly mistaken for Sue. So I'm Sue. And um, I'm, I'm Miss Manali here. And I'm Big J. <laughs> Big J. <laughs> all right. All right. Oh, Dios delicious. Okay, so what's in the news okay. this what's week? What's going on? Uh, I don't know. Well, we 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 got some pictures, everyone, some photos from shooting. The second unit is up in Scotland, and they are doing they're on location. And we someone happened to be there on vacation, and she sent in some photos of the leaky spies are everywhere. Uh, that's right, leaky spies. We're fanning out throughout the world, and uh, we saw some. It looked like Dan's double in his Gryffindor uniform, and they're... Uh, that looks nothing like Dan. Well, but you know what? This is what she said. She's, the, the girl that sent in the picture said that she thought it was the, the doubles, but she didn't talk to the cast. So other people speculated that it's the scene from the pensive, that it's actually young James. But I I don't know. Oh. I, I, I'm not Possibly. really sure about that. Possibly. Possibly. Oh, we have some new casting, don't we? We have a new Bellatrix. That was, well, this was last week. Well, we talked about that last challenge. week. That's right. Okay. Yeah, Sorry. it was um, last week. But remember, but- we had some awesome Bellatrix we- expelliarmusing the Oompa Loompas. We did get some great Those submissions, are and we are going to put the fan art su- submission yes. stuff challenges back on Pottercast.com. We just had it redesigned recently, and we we sort of left some boxes behind at the old house. We redesigned the Pottercast.com. Yes. Did a great job. I think that was a good idea. John designed it, and Super Alex of Leaky put it all together. Super Alex. Super Alex is is totally tied up with finals right now. Yeah. One day I'll learn my super stripes. You're Big J. That's all you need. Oh, that's right. Big Trump super. That's right. Yeah. Do you have like a little cape? Little like you know you were talking about the little bed sheets. You need like a little cape that says Big J. Super super super. Don't say these things, Sue. They will show up with them. A very large cape. (laughs) It's not. Overcompensating for anything. No. <laughs> Very large. Okay, kid. what other news do we got? Oh, we got Harry Potter news. Harry Potter. That's what we're here to talk about. Well, I'm really happy though that we have an actual date now for um, Joe Rowling is going to be on the Richard and Judy talk show in yes. the UK, and she's definitely going to be on Monday, June 26th, which is the day after the Queen's birthday party. So that's the end of the month coming up. So that's two which days I heard, in a row I, that Joe will be out. It'll be awesome. I heard Dan Radcliffe is not attending the Queen's birthday party. No, as no. previously yeah, rumored. Dan had something come up, you know. Well, they have their. What happens? Their, their, what do they call them? AS levels or their tests? I'm not really sure what it is in the UK, but he's going to be busy with that. But still, two days of Joe. I'll take it. That's awesome. You know, two days of, two days of Joe. There's going to be two days of Joe in August. Yes, there is. Woo-hoo. This is a reminder. Thanks be. to Sue, there is now a nice info page up on leakynews.com yes. where you can find out all the information about the Joe Rowling events in New York City at Radio City Music Hall. She's doing, if you are like, a very, very new Harry Potter fan. You don't know that she is doing a reading with Stephen King and John Irving at Radio City Music Hall on August 1st and August 2nd. So find all your info there. Which um, 
Did, did did she tell us which chapter of book seven she's gonna read? She told me, but I'm not gonna. I'm not. There. I can't share it yet. Oh, okay. Party I, I lie. Okay. Other news. In other right. news, there's a new Harry Potter convention. Other delicious. Convention on the way. Prophecy 2007. Yes. What's that one? Where's that, that gonna be? That is in Toronto, right? Toronto. Toronto. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! How many darn things are we gonna? What's got going on? Uh, Phoenix Rising in in um, New Orleans. Yeah, uh-huh. in in May, and then in which I think guys we're gonna go down to. Yeah. Yeah, I thought we were doing that, weren't we? Yeah, I'd, I'd like to. That'd be great. They've invited I'm not gonna, us. Gonna like make anything official or you know podcast from you know. No, easy Street. Well, they, uh, they Bourbon Street, baby. I'll take y'all there. Bourbon I know Street. all the good spots in in the Big Easy because I love the Big Easy, and I know that there's a lot of Southern folks down there that would love to say, no, "Come on down." All seriousness, I'm re- I think it's really cool that they're having a big event. Um, Me too. Especially totally. called Phoenix Rising in I know. New Orleans. Oh, that's well, you know that's pretty cool. So fits good the name. city. So fits the city because it is coming back. You know, it, you know. So we're trying and to then, work out. We're trying to work out whether we're going to go down there. But if we do go down there, I I think it would be really really special. Yeah, and then this oh, thing is so. in August. This new one's in August, boy. So I don't know. And then in July, in the middle of that, we got the movie coming out. So next year, I'll be hopping too. So next year's the movie already? Yeah. Thank- oh my gosh. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I know. Okay, so that's spectacular. Anything else that we like have to actually talk about, or is it all? Uh, yes, one more thing. You we you just posted too about the the trio is going to be sending a message along with Mr. David Heyman. I mean, right. David Heyman. Um, they're going to send it uh, a videotaped thing at Comic-Con. Is that right? right? Comic-Con is a big comics festi- uh, convention that people from all over the world show up to attend. In the past, Harry Potter uh, films have been previewed there. They've made a big deal out of it because there are so many attendees. It's such a big event. But mm. they're so... Are the Phelps twins going to be there? I don't <laughs> think so. They go everywhere else, but not there. <laughs> John. They're they're the coolest though because it's I know, like they rock they do they 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 give a darn they want to see the fans I, you know I do give them credit because man they go they're like everywhere they go to Japan they just go everywhere yeah but they're not yeah. gonna be at Comic Con so. well they're gonna be yeah, there's had, filming to be done. The, <laughs> that's true if, that's true if I had the female following that those Phelps twins had I would be showing up everywhere myself uh, I cannot I don't um, know John after the picture of you holding a baby on Pottercast.com you got a pretty right. strong oh, female following. Yes, tell us about oh, that. I wanted to hear everybody's about Everybody's going to follow little Charlie around. I don't now. know. You know you know what it's like when a guy goes out with a baby. Yeah, well, no, I don't. I've never really had a baby. Oh, my. <laughs> so the Harry Potter actors are going to send a video greeting to the Comic-Con mm-hmm. guests. Mm-hmm. If you go and you get a video or something, well, uh, I don't know. We never really see these things because it's not like we can get the footage. Yeah. Well, is this, but is says, this the same charity that Joe... Gave the Quidditch and the Beast books, too? No, that was Comic Relief International. This is Comic... Comic Relief. Yeah, this is Comic Con. This is not... Yes. Comic This is nothing charity about this. Yeah, this is a... It's oh, a really big deal. all commercial. There, right? They, you know, all the, like, the big... A lot of the well, films, like, the ringers go out there. I remember seeing all the Star Wars people. Yeah, I wouldn't say... I wouldn't say it's, awesome. it's all commercial. I mean, it's not... It's They're not, like, just selling things. It's a place to celebrate, you know, all mm, the whole I, genre, I, but... I know all about it. I'm just being ignorant on purpose. Oh, thanks, John. I, really? I, I was there two years ago. <laughs> Were you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that would have been a blast. Well, I'd love to go it there. It was awesome. I was going to go in costume, and I wasn't done in time. Oh. It was going to be Worf from Star Trek. Oh, that'd be cool. But alas, I did not find my mask in time. Oh, that would have been they fun. They were all sold out of Worfs. 
it was a darn shame. Well, I just want to go this year because they're making they have a special um like you know those Jungle Giant bus. They're making one of my favorite actor Jason Isaacs as Lucius. Wow. And I wanted oh. to get one. And I have this it's not yet, but on June 6th, Tuesday is a great day. Why you ask? Is it his it's, birthday? It is. It's my honey bunny's birthday. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, isn't June 6th like when one of the books came out? No. Was that June 4th? July 8th. What? What about what about number five? I think no, not June twenty first. You know, first day of summer. Are you thing. sure? Yeah, it was in this. Yeah, nothing came out June fourth or June sixth. Wasn't June fourth was the Harry Potter film, Prisoner of Azkaban. Yeah, ah, that's it. Yeah. See, I know my dates. Kind Harry of. Potter history with John Milley. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it, but by the month. Well, do we have any other announcements? No. Oh, now, we're, now we're just wasting time. Yeah. Now we're just wasting time. It's time to head on out, okay. I think. What do we have well, we got, coming up? We got, come up. We got a big old uh, fan response, modcast, conundrums. Conundrums. The mailbag that so many of you sleuths yes. discovered should have <laughs> been aired last week. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't. But that would have made last week an three-hour show, so. Yeah. yeah. There's no Lumos Limelight this week because of the mailbag thing. So next week mm-hmm. there'll be a Lumos Limelight. Yes, and leading up, Woo. leading up to Lumos. And um, wow. I'm not gonna count kitchens, ki- count chickens. So I don't want to say who, but Ooh. I want to count kitchens. Oh, I do. I want to. I want to count kitchens too. Oh, I have I, one kitchen. Awesome. Squeak. I'm really, ho- I'm really hopeful that we're gonna have a big special guest soon. But I don't want to say more because you know what happens when you proclaim that big mm-hmm. things are coming for your podcast, and mm-hmm. so then you don't. You know, I no, but I just, and it's not. It'll anyway. It'll rock your socks. Awesome. Anyway, it has it nothing. It'll rock everybody's socks. It, it's not a Harry Potter actor, so don't everybody start freaking out. Yeah. But um, but yeah. His he has a brother named Ralph. Oh <laughs> <and Ray. laughs> yeah. So let's go do the rest of the show. Okay, shall yes. okay moving on. Okay. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's Modcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Modcast. This is Jason, known on the forums as the Guru of Sloth. And with us today is... This is Naomi Boyer, otherwise known as Sunny Elf on the forums. Hey, this is Doris Herman, Doris TLC. And I'm Laurie Damrau, otherwise known on the forums as Asphodel Wormwood. And today's podcast is going to be looking at Harry Potter as uh, a piece of literature, um, as a part of the fantasy genre, and looking at other um, series and books from that said genre, such as Lord of the Rings. Um, and I'm sure there's loads of others that we can think of. So, guys, what thoughts have you got? Um, one thing that I uh, think is we have to look at Tolkien, because he really did define the, the genre Fantasy is kind of a... Sort of the modern fantasy genre. Right, anyway. right. And the sword and, and sorcery, sorcery they're sort of an alternative world with a different um, set of, of laws of physics, different rules, so that the normal rules of, uh, say, gravity and such don't apply necessarily to the fantasy world. But it's different to and, sci-fi. And, right. It's different to sci-fi, but at the same time, it, it uh, there's a, a, an alternative universe where people are living and cohabitating and and at the same time there's the quote-unquote normal universe right so it so what you're saying is uh kind of what you were talking about before um 
in a lot of these fantasy stories and I guess particularly what people would call the high fantasy, there's this kind of most of the time the hero starts off and, you know, sometimes it's more metaphorical, sometimes it's literal, but they start off in kind of the usual mundane world that we know and then they're kind of thrust or pulled or somehow stumble into this more fantastical world. Um, and you can definitely see that in Harry Potter, even though the two worlds kind of coexist, um, they're very much separate. Yeah. At it's least the, the muggles don't really know. Harry Potter to other. I mean, if you think about um, Lord of the Rings, there is no real world. It is just Middle Earth. It is just that fantasy world. And that's different, again, to Narnia, um, where you do have sort of the portal, um, where you go from well, one I'm world to the next. I'm wondering, though, for Lord of the Rings, can you say that there might be a real world and a fantastical world? Because you have the Shire, which is kind of the real world. And then all of a sudden this right. ring comes in and that could be yeah. the metaphorical I portal it's, into a I think it's a, a metaphorical, new... but there is no real, real world. There's no world that we call our own. There's no England. There's no America. Yeah. Um, I think it's this sense in, in that book. And, and maybe this is what's more important than the actual portal. The sense of being kind of thrust out or forced out of you know, sort of one, one sort of world that you're comfortable with, or, you know, in Harry's case, he wasn't really happy in his world, but you know, he, it made sense and he was used to it. And suddenly you're in this whole new world where the stakes are so much higher, right. where there's these great battles of good and evil that might decide like the fate of the earth or the world or the land or whatever. And, you know, you're going to have to play a big part, whether you may not realize it at first, but you know, the, the hero is, is, kind of pulled along on this epic journey towards mm -hmm. a big confrontation. And one thing about the fantasy genre is that there is a, a sort of a high pull on mythology, not that it's mythological, but that it has, it does draw a lot on mythology, which is kind of pulling from another um, time period. At the same time, it's giving you sort of that other world magical viewpoint and most high fan, most fantasy and most high fantasy pulls upon that as well. Definitely. And we see that, obviously, in Harry Potter. We don't need to <laughs> run through all the examples. Kind of getting back to something that Doris first touched on, I think, in the, the first minute or two um, about Tolkien. And he did kind of try to define for people what, his, in his view, of what some of the, I guess he would call them the, the, the primary functions of a mm -hmm. fantasy story. And maybe we can look at those quickly and see how, how Harry Potter might fit into, into those. Um, the first was recovery which as i understood it was um it kind of reading the reading these fantastical stories that don't have on the surface a lot of um a lot of similarity to your real world actually kind of do make you think about things in in the world that you inhabit and it's kind of like a new a new way to look at things that um your own your own world and and kind of reinterpret i guess the life you lead or the world one you thing in. that was interesting about tolkien and fantasy uh, is that he wrote that during world war ii and one thing he mm. said is that everybody should have the right to have a fantasy world everybody should have that right and i think that as a as a world we were going through so much during world war ii that it was such a perfect time for that whole genre to come because just for what jason said it did give you a second to stop and look and say you know things should be different things maybe should be kinder and gentler and so that that's one thing about the whole um fantasy genre is we look at harry's world and then we look at the quote-unquote real world that he lived in prior to uh, hagrid showing up and you see that sort of um 
you know, that, that kinder, gentler world as he enters into the world of magic, which is kind of not what you expect, mm. but at the same, because you think of wizards and, you know, it wasn't what was expected, but at, at the same time, it's like, wow, you know, there, there are these people that are cool and they don't care about, you know, the fact that I lived under a cupboard or that my parents are, are gone or, you know. And definitely you can see so much in Harry Potter. I mean, all the parallels that people draw from, from what Rowling writes to, you know, things like prejudice, um, you know, obviously there's no such thing in our world as pure bloods and, and whatnot, but you can see like very, very clear parallels and say, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's a lot like the way some people get treated or the way right. some and people it, think. And there's just so many other yeah, social Harry things. Yeah, is a very real fantasy series. Yes. It, um, because it deals with- there is no direct separation. You've continually got the, I'm going to say contamination, but that's an awful word in this context, mm-hmm. sort of the blurring of the two worlds. You've got muggle-borns. Mm. You've got the yeah. direct, you know, it's genetical. It's a living cross between the two worlds. Well, another function of of fantasy as Tolkien envisions it is kind of the opposite almost. It's escape. It's it's something that you can kind of escape to and just enjoy for the pure enjoyment of it and for the fact that it is different and kind of wondrous. And I, we probably don't need to dwell on that because I'm sure anybody who's listening to this probably probably knows exactly what, you know, what... The, I'm talking about and <laughs> has escaped into Harry Potter mm-hmm. many times and 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 you know um so I don't think there's there's any doubt that, that Harry Potter has that element to you know say like in a Quidditch match or something or walking through Diagon Alley for the first time reading about that it's just it's wondrous it's amazing it's magical it's different it's you know you're just there with Harry and, and it's a comfortable it and in. safe place where you can escape to well the third part is uh and I don't know if I <laughs> I should continue with this, but I think it's leading to good discussion. So it's, he calls it consolation. Um, and that's kind of, you know, you especially find that in a fantasy story like this, where the odds seem so much stacked against the side of good and you don't see how they're going to pull out a victory. And at the very last moment, it's, he calls it, I guess another word he uses for it is you catastrophe. He thinks of it as like the antithesis of a catastrophe where mm-hmm. catastrophe comes out of nowhere and it's devastating a catastrophe is like something great coming out of nowhere where you just can't see how they're going to pull it out and they do and it happens at the end of right. every book and one thing that um, I think is so cool about and this is almost common in a coming of age um, story is that you have a child essentially when he came at 11 now he's not going to be at the end of the series yeah. he'll be an adult but um, who has gone through these horrific things with this dark lord and in the end you know, and Lori, I'm sorry to tell you this, he's going to be gone, <laughs> but it's going to be, um, it's such a, a cool thing about the whole constellation is that this is a child, an 11 year old adolescent who in the end is going yeah. to be the victor or, or somehow or other. Now I can't, I really can't think that he would kill someone. I do think that there, there's going to be something else that's going to happen, but in the end, good will overcome evil. Even if good, was in the hand of a well, child. That's what's so amazing about it. Like with all the people who were doing all the theorizing, no one can really figure out how he's going to win. That's the U catastrophe that, like, right there. Yep, that's it. But we know. Well, I mean, we assume that somehow he's going to pull it out, or they're going to pull it out, and it's going to be incredible and you know, kind of exciting and make us feel good. <laughs> Most <laughs> yeah, of yeah, <us>. except for Lori. 
<laughs> it will be in mourning and we'll all laugh yeah, at she's her. sobbing over there. Oh, poor Lori. <laughs> I think um, we should we should uh, call, call the end to this um, delightful conversation about all things grand and, well, fantastical. fantastical. There has to be another word rather than fantastical, but it's eluding me quite at the moment. Um, so I think I'll just say goodbye. I'll say goodbye too. This is Sunny uh-huh. Elf saying bye. I'll wrap this up saying uh, there are some threads that that do talk about Harry Potter in relation to uh, Lord of the Rings or I've seen one for uh, what you call it, Beowulf. Yeah, Arthurian legends. So most of those are in Obscurus. So go check them out if you're interested. Not quite the same as what we were talking about, but very much in the same same vein. So this is Jason saying, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, Bye-bye. Bye. Dumbledore knew he was going to die and made sure that Harry was well enough equipped to end Voldemort's power when doing so. I don't think that Harry yet realizes what power he has inside him, but he does know that he has power the Dark Lord knows not. He just needs to discover it, and I think that he will do so throughout Book 7. I don't think that Harry is completely trained and really qualified knowledgeably to find the horcruxes, but I think as we go through book seven, he will gain knowledge along the way, and I think that we'll get, he'll get a little bit of help from uh, either Hermione and definitely Dumbledore's princes. I think that Harry is, in a way, ready to find the horcruxes, but I don't think he's as experienced as Dumbledore with traces of magic that leaves behind, as in we saw in the Half-Blood Prince, how Dumbledore was it was easy for him to find the Horcruxes. I think that it would take Hermione and Ron to help Harry find the Horcruxes. I think that uh, Harry has learned a lot more than he realizes. Like, he understands, or he knows a lot of spells. He just needs uh, people like Ron and Hermione around to remind him to use it. Um, kind of like in the first book when Hermione was freaking out and uh, about the devil snare and Ron was all like, are you a witch or not? I think Harry just needs someone around to remind him that there's magical ways to do things and that he knows the spells for them. I think Harry is well prepared to find and destroy the Horcruxes, but he's going to need all the help he can get. I think that Harry has more than enough power and skill that we're overlooking. He's already destroyed one Horcrux without him knowing what he's doing. In Chamber of Secrets, he also got Bob Dr- Gryffindor's sword out of the sorting hat somehow, just on his own. Dumbledore didn't even explain how he did it. All he says is, only a true Gryffindor could have pulled that out of the hat. In the same book, Dumbledore also says to Harry that Voldemort transferred some of his own powers to him. The word powers is in the plural, which makes me think there is more than just castle time that Harry got from Voldemort. Also, Harry is brilliant figuring things out. Who else figured out that Draco was using Polydew's potion before Harry did in Half the Prince? And all throughout the sixth book, Harry knew Draco was up to something, even though nobody believed him, as well as not trusting Snape. He has really good instincts that I think are more than enough to get him through, along with all his other skills.
it's time for Canon Conundrums, featuring special guest Steve Vanderark from the Harry Potter Lexicon. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? Welcome to Canon Conundrums, number seven. That's a big number in Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But we're actually <laughs> not as big as twelve. Not as big as twelve. But we're actually not going to talk about the number itself. Why aren't we going to talk about the number itself? we could. Wait a second. Not this time, though. We can't this time, but we should have. We stink. Well, that's how many horcruxes there are, and we are sort of talking about horcruxes. So indirectly, we're talking about the number seven. Indirectly. That's That's right. Indirectly. Indirectly. Okay. Yes. The question is as follows. Is our dear, sweet little Harry... Dear sweet little Harry, who never asks any questions about his past, of all the people who would really know the answers to those questions until it's too late and they're dead, was little Harry going to have the smarts and the intelligent and the wherewithal and who knows what to go find all those horcruxes? Can Harry find the horcruxes? Exactly. In five words. And I think you can already figure out what Steve I like my version better. (laughs) Yeah. But gosh, you know you're right, because it's not like Dumbledore... Let anybody you know and their brother look for the Horcruxes uh, in the last book. <laughs> he he himself, you know, the most powerful wizard in the world, Mister Dumbledore, made that task for himself. And then mm-hmm. we're to assume that seventh year Harry is going to be able to pick up the charge where this guy left off and find these things and destroy them. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk on that. Well, he already has destroyed one. Right, the ring. So, I mean, you know, by, no, not the ring. I mean, oh, he's you mean Harry. He destroyed well, the let's, diary. Let's right. count. Yeah. I'm sorry. The right. ring is gone. Okay. The, di- the diary gone. is gone. Right. Diary's the gone. The locket may be gone. Mm-hmm. That's the There's ring. the cup. Well, I think it's not gone. No, it's just not, they, they, it's not they just in it its Mrs. terribly, Weasley. excitingly good hiding place. M- Mrs. Weasley. No, I think Mundungus has it. Mundungus has it. Mundungus has it. Or Creature. See, I think Mundungus has it, and this is going to be a wonderful opportunity for us to spend a, a, a chapter or two wandering through the underworld of the world of Harry Potter. Well, no, Dungus, corners. Dungus in, is in Azkaban, though. Remember, he got he got tossed in there when they he was impersonating the inf- yeah, inferior. I, I think whatever. it was passed off to Aberforth. <laughs> yeah. Aberforth. Yeah. yeah. So three. Mm-hmm. I mean, I if R.A.B. was really against Voldemort, don't you think that he destroyed it? That Horcrux, maybe he just didn't know how. I think he didn't know how, but I think he just took it, yeah. hoping that it would someday be destroyed by somebody who did know how, like yeah. some, you know, maybe some random 18-year-old kid yeah. or 17-year-old well, even, kid. Even, let's say that it is, then there, that still leaves four, four of them. And this no, guy, this... no, because well, there's still one, there's one inside Voldemort. He is, right. you know, so there's only... Right, so he's one of the seven. Okay, yeah. fine. Then three, right. even if so it was got... two, even if it was one... Harry is going to find these things somehow. Well, or that's mm-hmm. that's an assumption in and itself. We who knows the seventh book could come and they're going to devote the order to finding the hor- the horcruxes okay. and let Harry stay. I know school. where you're going with this, John. What you're saying is that Harry, little Harry, is supposedly going to go out and tackle all these incredibly difficult tasks, which is which almost killed Dumbledore. We some people would argue that that it did kill Dumbledore. Sure. Okay. All right, and so uh, what Harry's going to have to do is repeat the performance that uh, Dumbledore did when he had all this incredible magic of figuring out how the door worked and how to get the chain up out of the water and everything. Yeah. And your assumption, if I'm re- you know, I think, is that he can't do that. He doesn't have that skill. Well, remember right? what Joe said. Harry has amassed more knowledge than he realizes, which makes us think 
that requires a mass more knowledge than we realize. You have to admit that Joe has written this very well. If you look at all of these things that, that Harry has accomplished and with his friends, she has very carefully given... At first, he did it only with a lot of help. And and gradually that help gets pulled away to the point where now it's believable that he is standing there at the end of book six ready to take on this task. Well, it kind of went backwards, though. Book one, he had a help of the other two kids. Book two, he had the help of, you know, Fox and the hat and the sword. And three, he pretty much does it by himself, except he kind of helps himself, so to speak. And Hermione. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, fight not the Dementors and all that stuff. And he, okay, he and Lupin. Do it for the other stuff. Book three is only, is kind of a whole story to itself because he doesn't yeah. face face uh, Voldemort or anything. So book three is, doesn't have to fit into your pattern. Go on, yeah. talk about book four. I mean, you got book four. He gets in there, and then that's aside from all the tasks, you know, all the help he surviving the tasks, the fight with Voldemort, which is really the important thing anyway. It was him, and then he had you know the little help with the crazy spell. Then he had help with the spell, and he had help with the with the ghosts. Yeah, with his the... parents. But then five mm-hmm. went backwards. Mm-hmm. Five, he took but all of his friends with him. No, but you're considering this. You, why, why are we considering this for, forward or backwards? Just because he has help doesn't mean he's going forward or backwards. All these things that he's doing are helping him amass the knowledge and skills and abilities that he needs to be a leader, a fighter, all these things, so that he can stand on his own six. You don't have to ha- stand more and more on your own as time goes on. You have to take up more responsibility, but also continue learning. And he couldn't have done that if, if the people around right. him were falling away all this time. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. The question is, how is he going to, are these going to be so, mon- you know, just monumentally difficult for him to do it? Or is it going to be these simple things? Because all, all along, it's just this little, the most simplest things that has helped him defeat at the end. Do you think that it's not that have it's to been- do? But it's not that well, it's, I mean, been it's been simple. It's been it's been the final thing. It's been simple. But remember what Dumbledore says in in the cave when he finally figures things out. He's like, "Oh, right, so simple, so brilliant." That kind of thing. It's yeah. always that kind of thing. It's getting to that point <laughs> that is the oh, hard. Just part. imagine what if Harry had entered that cave on his own? He would have had no chance. Mm-hmm. And, and where along the way, even having gone through that, where has he learned enough magic to be able to find that door? Enough magic to guess how to open it. He just—I don't see yeah. that he has at any point learned that. So I think I think Joe's only alternative is to not stick the next Horcruxes in that. Kind no, absolutely. No, situation. no. The point of Harry seeing all that is not that he will know specifically what to do, but he knows that some things can only be found by basically feeling around in magic for them. Maybe he'll try to do that and come up with something. Now he's seen Dumb- mm-hmm. he's seen Dumbledore in action doing that. He might attempt mm-hmm. that and come up That's successful. True. You know? Yeah. That's true. true. Yeah, we've talked before about the fact that he is sensitive. He can sense when other people are around him and things and maybe he's more sensitive than he realizes. That would make sense. Yeah. And now he knows and about he blood. Has learned, as form. you say, he has learned not how to do it, but that it's possible and that's enough. Yeah. I really don't think that it's going to be this next book is going to, is going to show us a Harry that is going to be on par with the sleuthing abilities as Dumbledore. No, never. For be- this last book. No. I mean, purposely, we had no. passages from the last book saying how, you know, we got sweet Dumbledore, you know, diving into the water at 150 years old and doing all this cool stuff. And then I'll say it one more time and then I'll never say it again. How the poor guy can't even dry his own clothes off. I mean, that's just, <laughs> it's a funny passage, but she wrote it for a reason. And it's to make that distinction that you have this powerful wizard and then you've got Harry here who needs help with the most, 
you know, simple kind of survival tactic to make sure your clothes aren't wet. That's not a survival then, tactic. Well, you go hyperthermic and it's 100 no, I think but, it is. degrees yeah. below zero. Okay, I'm just in, saying, in Harry Potter and magic. Siberia. Okay, but fine. If you're, it's it's just a matter of he's not going to have to do things the way Dumbledore had to do things. Either he's either going to get the help where he needs it, or other people are going to do it for him. But and I don't. If she I don't understand. That, right. the way. Went, look at something else. So look at look at the Harry going into the cave compared to the Harry coming out of the cave. Then, mm-hmm. okay, that's not the same person. Plus, I don't. He's I don't think. I don't think it's. I don't think. No, I think he's. I think he's grown immensely through the experience. Yeah, and I don't think anybody. Even a little bit supposed that he would be even close to. I don't. I know. I haven't seen one fan saying that. Oh, he's gonna be you know on par with nobody. How? Who would think that he's gonna be on par with Dumbledore? It's an unfair supposition. But he has amassed a lot of knowledge. Not only the supposed location of the rest of the Lord, the Horcruxes. The Hufflepuff Cup is gonna be one. We think. Right. He he thinks Nagini is one. We're looking for a Ravenclaw, a Godric relic. And I personally think that one of those three that Dumbledore has laid out, because we have three left, is going to be incorrect. And Harry and, and company will have to find out on their yeah. own. It has to be like a moment of growth where they figured out where a Horcrux is on their own. Yeah. But the point is, like, he has all this info. And moving forward, nobody's saying that he's going to be as good as Dumbledore, but he might be able to pick up where Dumbledore left off. Well, tell me this. Do you think Harry and all the wizards that we know is the most qualified person to do this yes. kind of task? Yes. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Any, any or in the ministry has no. more knowledge no. and resources no. to do something like this. Knowledge and resources, I, sensitivity I so. towards Tom Riddle, absolutely not. No. I'd agree with I that. Think, I think it's that Harry has a unique ability that he is a marked person, whether he wanted to be or not. And he is distinctly different in the, the way that he possesses these skills, this, the awareness right. of Tom Riddle. That that the other wizards simply cannot do, no matter how they, Lupin cannot do it, Moody cannot do it, McGonagall right. cannot do it. I mean, I, I think those, those are all powerful wizards, but they could not do. I just think it, it has right. to be Harry. And I, it doesn't mean that he can do more powerful spells, right. you know, exactly. But he has the other kind of knowledge mm-hmm. that the others don't have to take what he does have and use it in a way that nobody else but him can Not use. to mention the desire and the determination to see it through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. People would give mm-hmm. up a lot a lot sooner than Harry does, you know? I mean, if it, come, if it came down to a duel, if it came down to a strictly a duel between Voldemort and Harry, mm-hmm. Harry doesn't stand oh, a chance. No. I mean, we saw that in the Battle in the oh, Atrium. I mean, Voldemort is, is much, much stronger in terms of magic, obviously. And that's exactly the point, is that that kind of power, that kind of magical ability, is not the ultimate power. Right. It's not what Harry is going to need. And I guess we get back to the hugging part, but I mean, yeah. clearly we're pointing toward the idea that somehow love is going to come into the story. I, I agree with you so much on that, Steve. I can't even, I, I totally, I really believe that that ultimately is his compassion at some point that will help him, that will give him the strength, or that will that will give him the extra oomph to help settle this one way or the yeah. other. I don't know. We're, we're, we kind of tease the idea, but it's looking more and more like that. It's going to be it. So there's going to have to be a part in time where we have to stop thinking that is a silly yeah. idea, because that could very well be her little game plan here. I just don't know what she has in store for us. I mean, where are these things going to be? I mean, just the circumstances. Is it going to be just not only the trio helping him? Is he going to find things from his past? Is it going to be Aberforth? I mean, how are these players going to come in and help him on this quest? And I'm really excited. And, you know, there's there's yeah. every every book 
I don't know about you guys, but I am so totally blown away by what she comes up with. I know. I mean, think back to before book six. Yeah. I don't know about you, but there's I, I, I couldn't have conceived of book six until I read it. Mm-hmm. And there's no way. I could guess, get in conversations, this could happen, that could happen, yeah. and she managed to fool me and mm-hmm. delight me all the way through. So I'm, I, I'd love to talk about it, but I don't think we're going to guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, I think it's time to wrap up, guys. I mean, mm-hmm. what do you think? Yeah, well, what have we decided? Is he The whole question was, is he powerful enough to handle the task in front of him? That's the question. So, John, what do you think? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I don't care what information he's amassed. He may have sat through three or four pensive sessions learning about the dude when he was a little guy, but there's no way he can do these kind of revealing spells and anything else that maybe Dumbledore says, oh, how simple. Oh, this and that. You know, at the Dumbledore, lots of things are simple. Mm. I unless he's getting a lot of help, then Boy, it's John, not going to be know. realistic. If for you're me right, to find book seven things. is going to. I think. No, course, you know, we're all I've, thinking... I've listened to your versions of book one through six, and they're kind of sad. Yeah. Too, so maybe that <laughs> no. just fits. But we're all thinking that Voldemort is just going to sit on his hands while Harry's looking for all these Horcruxes well, Voldemort doesn't and know. not going to attack the crap out of him because he just got Dumbledore killed. If there's any time to go on the offensive, it's going to be now. Well, Harry is Harry's now moving gonna... all around the world. I mean, right, it's not Voldemort... like he's easy to find anymore. Right. Is that where we want Harry drive. to be? Do we want him to be out there while Hogwarts gets sacked and the Ministry gets sacked? Isn't Hogwarts what... no longer a safe place for him? Right. There is no safe. There is no one safe place anymore. Yeah, but there's more to this wizarding world than Harry Potter. Right, but that he can, we... he can go out and look for all the Horcruxes he wants. But what do you... you know, John, you can say that. But last time I looked, his name was on the cover of yeah, everything. Okay. I'm thinking. I don't think he just abandoned everybody else though, like that. No, no, I think we're going. Well, I hope not. I hope. I hope there's some sort of Hogwarts well, that's thing another... going on because that's, yeah, that's, that's another character. Hogwarts is my favorite yeah. character. So yeah. Okay, so John, that was your opinion. Uh, Who I else think we got? he's got no chance. <laughs> No chance. I, I'm I'm gonna go <laughs> diametrically opposed from Harry. From Harry, what's his name over there? John. Um, you can call me Harry. Johan. Jo- John. I think it's foolhardy to even compare him in the slightest to Dumbledore. But when she says amassed information, we're talking about over six books. We're talking about six years at Hogwarts, six years as Dumbledore's best boy, six years fighting this guy and having him ingrained in his life, in his mind, in his spirit, and everything. He knows Tom Riddle like nobody else. If not Harry, then no one. If not Harry, the entire wizarding world is doomed. He's there. It's going to be hard, and he's going to need help, but he's there. I think that he is equipped, and he will, but he needs the help of others. But at the end of the day, that Harry's special gifts will help him, and that will he will ultimately succeed. So yes, I do believe that he will reluctantly, and sometimes, um, perhaps in one instance unexpectedly find the Horcrux or do what he has to, but I think that Harry is equipped. All these things, it's, she's proven this time and time again, and the way he's matured throughout this, this series of books, that he can do it when he really has to, and I think he will in the end. Okay. Well, I think I'm, I kind of put things together so that some of you guys are saying. Mm-hmm. I think that, yes, he is equipped in ways that nobody else could be because he has a, an understanding uh, and a a set of abilities which are unique to that character. So, yes, I think he is able. However, I think that when it all comes down to it, uh, the strength that he has, the power that he has, is not going to be any of that. And I think Joe is going to surprise us, and in the end, mm. we're going to all go, 
oh my goodness, I did not see that coming. <laughs> and we're going to start reading the whole series over again from the very beginning to look for all the clues. What and else would there be to So read? I think that he is equipped in ways that he doesn't even realize. That's what right. Accio Horcruxes. And then the end. <laughs> That's all he's going to have to do. We should have known he accurate the Perlman book four. Oh, what a clue! We missed he had it. all the knowledge he That's needed. That's all he needed. That's all the knowledge he oh, needed. And then you, you you accio it, then you expel the armistice, and then the soul is disarmed from the object. Evanesco, exactly. vanish, gone. Yeah. Exactly. See, it was all right there in front of us. <laughs> End of class. Let's go to lunch. Goodbye. And next week on Canon Conundrums, we are going to be tackling. One of uh, everybody's favorite questions, which is, why did Snape not take Harry along with him at the end of book six? Why didn't he just grab him and drag him back to Voldemort and end the whole thing right there? So uh, that's the question. What, uh, what was Snape thinking? What's he playing at? Uh, join us next week for that. Mail time. It's the mail time. Mail time. Hey, everyone. It's mail time. Hey. Who's oh, that? Going? This Who is, is that? Kristen. With that lovely voice. Hi, Kristen. Hi, Sue. Special K. Hi, John. Hi, Melissa. How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Hello. Hi, girl. Ooh. I'm, I'm ready for the mail. That's what mm-hmm. I am. You know what I what? love best about the mailbag? The mail. The mail. You're so right. The mail. The whole lot of it. All three voicemails that we get to. <laughs> let's let's try to get at least to four. You think we can do that? You think we fun. can like not talk mm, so much? We could try. Because I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> but you know, try. that's just me guessing. All right. Okay, well, let's, it's let's like a go into it. Let's okay. see how many we can get through. Sweet. Well, we're off to a bad start. Hey, this is Annie of Ohio, and I'm calling in because I want to be the first person on the podcast from a school bus. So, my question today is, I do you believe that Minerva McGonagall belongs in Gryffindor House? Why do I think Because Mag- she's mm-hmm. tough, man. She's a tough... Yeah. You know, she may be strict, but I think she's got... She's got courage and and a good sense of purpose and strength in her i mean man she went out there defending hagrid yeah and when she's 70 years old and she's like okay man you're going after my boy i'm going to stand up here and take you on so i'm like you go girl was it three stunning Mm -hmm. spells or five stunning spells yeah it's fine yeah i mean she ended in the hospital but she still i mean it could have been a lot worse i was like you go that was good so i think she's she was in the right house i just really wish we had we had so far seen what it, what McGonagall was like in the fighting days. You know yeah. what I mean? What she was like during the war. What makes her this strong leader of Gryffindor House? You know, I admired her, you hmm. know, when she was against Umbridge, too. I mean, she she knew the line that she had to walk, but she was not, you know. I mean, she had, she defended Trelawney, you know? I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, you know and You're I right. just don't see her appointing, cool. like, a Hufflepuff... Or, or I mean, vice versa. Would she appoint a Slytherin to run Hufflepuff, Hufflepuff House? Excuse me, I can't speak tonight. I, I mean, I think just the fact she leads it suggests that that's what she was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think. Yeah, I think she definitely was. But that some this is like, why do we think she's so? What is so Gryffindor about her? 
you know? She's a badass. She's like action girl. But I, I mean, think, yeah, she is. She jumps right into the fray. She does not pause. John? I, I don't really know a whole lot about McGonagall, really. I don't think anybody does. What would make her a good... I mean, she has a lot of house loyalty. She loves the Quidditch team, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I think that she can be serious, but she has a fun side to her also. I mean, her happiness and just kind of snarkiness when uh, everybody was teasing Umbridge and all that was was shut out her fun side. And, you know, her being able to uh, stand up to Umbridge and... Be all like, I'm going to do this for Harry and da-da-da. I don't care what the ministry says. I mean, she's a brave lady. Yeah, I think that's probably the most we've seen of that bravery. Um, is when is when she's, has, she has, she's known that, like, you know, Umbridge could really dig in and try to hurt her. But she says that she's just going to, yeah. she's going to protect Hogwarts first, you know? Yeah. All right. Well, good stuff. So that's one, right? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good for us. Yeah, one. One down. <laughs> Hi, Pottercast. My name is Eileen, and I'm a huge fan of the show. I have a quick question about Trelawney and the prophecy, and I would really like to hear your opinions. How do you think the prophecy made its way into the Department of Mysteries? How do any of the prophecies, for that matter? Does the Ministry have tabs on all the prophecy made, all the prophecies made, along with the seers who make it? Like underage magic thing, and if it was so necessary to keep the prophecy private, why didn't Dumbledore just have it removed? I'd really like to hear what you have to say about this. Thanks. Keep up the great work. Love the show. That's a really good question. Hmm. You know what my my theory on that is? Hide in plain sight. Have you heard that? If it was such a good prophecy, and, and say that the, the ministry did require that every prophecy that's ever been made goes to this this little room in the in their building when they notice if one was like being specifically drawn withdrawn or had to be hidden and so they'd be more curious about it so i don't know i just thought that maybe dumbledore was thinking well don't draw attention to it just let it go i don't know well i don't think you have to like pick up the prophecy and report it right away to the ministry i think it's just instant i think a prophecy gets made and magic happens and this this ball appears in that in that place and only the people who are involved in the prophecy can possibly touch it. It's like just such strong magic around it that you, you cannot move it. Yeah, I mean, I think that sounds realistic because, yeah, and I do like, I mean, I do like the theory of, you know, hiding it in plain sight and it should be very well protected. But yeah, I don't think really anyone has a say in that. I don't mm-hmm. think, I don't, even as powerful as Dumbledore is, I think he probably would have gotten rid of it if he had been able to. Hmm. I think someone somewhere must have agreed that prophecies must be protected somehow. Yeah, we just don't know enough about the magic that how they're yeah, created. Yeah, we don't, right. Do you think there's a difference between professional uh, seers, people, I mean, who may be licensed to be a seer with the ministry, versus people who are learning and trying to make prophecies? Because if there's like a magical way for this prophecy to be transported to the ministry i can't imagine they do it for every person who attempts to make a prophecy though well, I mean, how well the but are the only true seers i don't think making a prophecy is an active process i think the true prophecies don't come bidden they just happen i don't think trelawney was like oh i made a prophecy let me quick put it in a little glass ball and get it over to the yeah. ministry she didn't even 
you know, she didn't even know that she had made it, especially in number three. She in, in book three, she didn't know that she had made it. So I think it's it's she makes the prophecy it, it's so important but the, even the seer doesn't know it's occurred that for it to get down to the ministry mm. i mean yeah think about it in book three she made a prophecy to harry that prophecy has got to be in that ministry but neither of them actually brought it there so it right. has to be instant yeah it makes sense trixie yeah. hmm. that's what i call trixie maybe joe will give it maybe th- maybe this will be something that joe will write about more or detail more in in an encyclopedia or history of Hogwarts or whatever it is we hope she'll do. She Fingers are better write that. Yeah. She better release it in volume. Yeah, wouldn't that be? I hope so too. God, that'd be great. Do you know how much more money she would make if she did, like, you know, all of the A's and all of the B's <laughs> and just put out all of the books? It's a good thing because I hear yeah, that Joe needs some yeah. money. She does. She should she, she, she just start buying up countries. <laughs> <laughs> just like making them all wear Joe robes. Land. To, like, there we work. go. We're gonna have. Uh, I would so move there in a heartbeat. I love the United States, but or Joe it Land. It could be like much better. I get to be wear like my, my robe everywhere. It's like a place you go to. Rock. You spend a week mm-hmm. like pretending you're at Hogwarts. You only wear robes. I'd go. You know, I would too. She could make. Go. She could make a lot of the money. That, great. Like you said, she so desperately needs. <laughs> Yeah, you know, we're just we're just looking out for the future. Just start doing it for comic relief and all the other stuff. Yeah. Because, you know, I mean, I don't know how things are over wherever she lives, but Social Security is not <laughs> going to be, you know, something too reliable over here. So she better watch herself and what she spends. She could be hard off in a few years. <laughs> we hope you're listening, Joe. Okay. You need to be careful with your money. You don't think? Yeah. Financial yeah. advice for Joe. <laughs> and that... <laughs> If you, if you need any hey, I thought we were trying to get through. Oh, okay. Some, uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. There's um, number two down. All right, move along, move along, move along. Hi, Melissa, John, and Sue. This is Heidi from the state of Washington. First of all, I'd like to say that when John was on MogulCast a while back, they asked that question about the Amortentia and what you would smell. And I was so shocked that John didn't say he would smell Chipotle burritos. That totally surprised me. Anyway, I have a question about something I read about in Sorcerer's Stone when Harry's having his first potions lesson with Snape. Snape basically mentioned three potions or potion ingredients, the Bezoar, Wolfsbane, and the Dread of Living Death. Well, we've seen both the Bezoar and the Wolfsbane take an important part in the series, the Bezoar to save Harry in Half-Blood Prince and Wolfsbane for Lupin in Prisoner of Azkaban. So far, we have seen Harry brew the Dread of Living Death in Half-Blood Prince, but we haven't seen it used for some important or pivotal part of the story. So I was just wondering if you thought it would play an important part in Book 7 and just wondering what your thoughts are on that. Thanks, guys. I love the show. Bye. That's very interesting. Because the Wolfsbane, the Draw of the Living Death, and the uh, Bezoar. The Bezoar was clearly right. important in Book 6. Wolfsbane was important in Book 3 for the, for the potion. And now there's the Draw of the Living Death, which we've only seen him brew. And these are three things that were, very, that were mentioned in the first book. By Mr. Snape. Huh? By Mr. Snape. I think it's. I think there's a good likelihood that we'll see that. Yeah, I do too. That was a very, a very yes, astute it was. point. It is. I was very impressed. I don't know that I can really decide either way on that. You know, my instinct is like, hmm, maybe so, but I'm not. I, I, wow. The draught of living death. What do we think it is? I think it's fake death. Is it like zombifying some? <laughs> That could like be really the cool. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Oh my into God! A, an in- furry. <laughs> you could turn it into an furry. Yeah. Well, I. Ah, no. 
I mean, I, I imagine it as like Sleeping Beauty. is like you, you, you look for all intents and purposes dead, but well, you're maybe alive. Maybe that's how he'll defeat Voldemort. He'll fake him out or psych him out. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Just kidding. Flag. <laughs> He's like Harry. Think, ah, Harry's laying there dead. Got him. And then he'll just zoom up and gotcha. I don't know. I like I'm it. I'm good with that. It's got spunk. Don't know. John, what do you think? Uh, I think it turns it into an inferno. <laughs> I mean, sure, John. You don't think? Could be. I think people would like that. Well, guys, it's... Um, all right. We'll, do one more. <laughs> one more. Hey, this is Zach from California, and I was wondering... Um, we all know that uh, Godfrey Gryffindor's sword is in Dumbledore's office, and I was just wondering whether Harry could use that in his final battle to defeat Voldemort in their final battle. Thanks. Bye. No. No. He already defeated the giant basilisk. I don't see it coming back for number... I don't know. Maybe, but I don't think so. But the reason I like this voicemail is that sword is like sitting there sparkling benignly every time Harry goes into that office, and you have to wonder what else... I mean, she mentions it a lot. Yeah, but he he's not... It's not like a sword like Gandalf's, you know? I just don't see that there's going to be a lot of use for the sword in, in this. No, but I mean like it has some sort of importance. Mm. Well, yeah. maybe it's just there to remind us of Godric. Yeah. Now, there, I think, like you said, Godric, I think the founders are going to have a little play, but that's maybe my obsession with the four founders. I don't that know. would be way cool if that's true. Yeah. If they, like, swooshed out of the hat? Yeah, or something. And they're all cranky from, that would be cool. from being stuffed in the hat for so long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've set us free. Thank you, Harry. <laughs> we'll do anything. A thousand years, like Jeannie coming out of the bottle. Here they go. The founders out of the hat. <laughs> <laughs> and then they follow him around, and it turns into a wacky sitcom. There you go. <laughs> do-do-do, do-do-do, the four founders, do-do-do. I, I don't know. I could see that being a sitcom on Nick I hope night. Joe's listening so. in case she's, like, stalled on plotline. This could help her out of a jam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've given her economic we're advice. We're giving her plot advice. We are just so on. And we got through four voicemails tonight. Woohoo! Seriously, what else does Joe need? We are so cool. It's awesome. <laughs> four voicemails. It's a miracle! Woo-hoo! John? Yeah. <laughs> You're so quiet. This is like... I'm a little subdued tonight here, you know? I have a full belly. Oh, he's got a full belly. Were you eating again during our, new, our mailbag? No, I was not eating during our mailbags. Well, we... I ate before oh, our mailbag. You're a little sleepy now? I'm, Your little you know, tummy's full. Yeah, I had I had a little wheat wrap with peanut butter and jelly mm-hmm. on a little frying pan without any oil. It was a nice that sounds warm. lovely. And bananas. All right. Okay. What a good mailbag. Yeah, that was wonderful. (laughs) If you want to talk to us on Pottercast, you can contact us in a couple different ways. Our Skype username is Pottercast. If you'd like to leave a voicemail using your phone in the U.S., call 702-42-53259. That equates to 702-42-LEAKY. In the U.K., it's plus 020-7193-2872. You could also record a question and attach it to your email and send it to staff at pottercast.com. Remember, we need a voice clip. We can't do anything with text emails. Yeah. Except word. put them in those. We could get that old Mac program yeah. from like 1981 that reads Speech. things to you. Yeah. Hey, they still have it. it That's still what I does said. It. it sounds like robots. Yes. All right. Bye, I'm leaving. Melissa. <laughs>
<laughs> always Bye. does it. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Been real. Bye-bye. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. And we're back. This is Big J and Melissa, too. Hello. Hi. Fifth intro this show. For the Again. Fourth, fifth time. So, guys, it's the beginning of the month. I know. Beginning of the month. You know what that means? What does that mean, John? What does it mean, Dollar? It means discounts at GNC for five more days with your gold card. What was I expecting, dude? Me either. <laughs> oh, well, I always miss it. I got a gold card, and then I get there like on the 8th or the 9th, and they're like, oh, it's the first week only, sir. And I'm like, what good is that to me? And then they're like, sorry, read the back of your card. Mm. And I kick the sand. <laughs> so, how'd you guys like this show? It was awesome. I thought it was a particularly good show, especially for a 40-second show. Probably one of the best you could have hoped for. Hey, man. Nothing like 40-second podcast. There you go. Woo-hoo! Someone should go tap dancing. Uh-huh. John, I, I mean, I think you're going to get out of your promise to to what? sing to Joe at Lumos. I think you're not going to have to do it. Why? Isn't that a tragedy? That is, you know. Because we are not the highest rated in Harry Potter podcasts. Oh, why I believe, not? I believe there was a Harry Potter fan chat cast podcast yes. ahead of us today. Oh, no. <laughs> and I'm looking at all your directions, Miss Chloe's and I love company. It. <laughs> I you think it's hilarious. You put the same effort, in fact, towards another podcast. You may be here, you could hear another Phil Academy. I don't know. Oh. Was it Until Chloe? Then. Is it Chloe's fault this time? Boo. I mean, I'm going to go with yes. Yeah. <laughs> Chloe. Aww. <laughs> yeah, little dollars. What we're talking about is it's that monthly where we come and mm-hmm. debase ourselves to ask for votes. <laughs> yes, it's fun for us. Podcast votes. Alley. Oh, oh for us. us. Vote like for the, us. The top <clears throat> podcast up there has like over 700 votes already this month. What are they doing? Are they offering gold in exchange? No like, idea. What, what's, what's, what's the secret? No idea, but like the second one is like 600 less votes, so it's like ridiculous. Huh. Interesting. Ah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, anyway, oh, it doesn't really matter, but, but it's nice. It's yeah. nice when it happens. It's weird. The rankings are weird. If it's, it's like if you, with podcast now, it's like if you don't get up in the first like minute of, of the month, you're never heard from again. Yeah. It's really True. strange. Yeah. True. Well. It's like the house points. It's like... Like if the Hufflepuffs actually answer some answers uh, correctly in the first part of the year, then they might be in, in line for the House Cup. But you know, a week after that, it's like, eh, you never hear from them again. Just, does it just make you feel better? Just dog my house, you know? Does it? I really oh. hope. I hope that when jo- if we get to meet Joe, I hope she says, you know what, John, you are a Hufflepuff. I hope oh, she said that. Oh, I would love that. I thought so she was going to say that she was much. a Hufflepuff and that she did she, say she she's a Hufflepuff. She did say she has quite a I've bit said. of Hufflepuff in her house. So you know what? I hope she really? says that to you too. <laughs> no, that's what. That's what. It would her, be her sweet and wonderful. Said. It would if she said that to him. You know, I think you're a Hufflepuff. And you know what? Mm. Being a true Hufflepuff, I would welcome you with open arms, even though that oh, I would. Sue. I would. I would oh, forgive Sue. you for you. You're so Sue. Nice. That's the that's the badger badger way. <laughs> it is. Woo-hoo! Okay, so hey, I get to see John this weekend, guys. <gasps> that's Yay! right. Yay! 
It do. I forgot I had to do that. Hey, hey now. <laughs> no. Why why do you get to see John? Tell everybody. John and I are going to accept the Leaky Cauldron's Webby Award. Yay! Woohoo! And let's big... tell them about what we're gonna do. Our, our we're both gonna wear our matching robes. Um you have robes no. so much. <laughs> like, wait, when did Melissa get robes? Awesome. Melissa actually she had um Elevon's decided to make one Hufflepuff robe. And they sent it for Melissa. Do you think, really, I would not send that to Sue right not away? in my heart. Here I had extended my love and kindness and acceptance. Oh, Susie. Thank you, Sue, for blaming him, because I know that you wouldn't believe I would do that to you. I know you wouldn't, but him. <laughs> Excellent. Um, oh no, we're, but we do have our little... I'm sort of nervous about our little acceptance speech. Oh, yes. I mean, no, almost right away. And this, so there, there are podcast people. You can get a preview. Almost right away, we said, oh, well, five words. It has to be Nitwit, Blubber, Ottoman, and Tweak. I mean, there's and no I other... I can't wait for the part that I forget the word. But there are going to be people in the audience going, who are we're gonna these, get crickets out of these lunatics... People. So I don't know how we're going to handle that. But I thought we are going to have to hold up book one in front of us and it's read from it. For that, would be, that would be cool for, like, you could, like, hold up, like, a book and say, Nitwit, Odd Mint, Blubber, Tweet. I don't think we're going to perform be cool. it. You know? I think you should. We're not going to perform. Emote. No. That would be great. This is going to be available by video on the Webby site eventually, so I don't think we're going to be doing anything. Oh, that's... that would be cool, though. Be what, awesome. if I, what if I wrote, like, the last word on my chest and then just lifted up my shirt for the last part of it? So it's like, tweak! And then you see, but actually, that's wait, kind of ironic. Wait, you're going to flash? You're going to moon the, the, the Webby Awards? Is I wasn't suggesting The moon. MySpace guys will love that. <laughs> so will the Google guys. Yeah, they probably would. They're like, who is this guy? I want to hire him. I want to give him Google and MySpace. So Thomas Friedman, Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, yeah. is getting a special award. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, but you know what? They're like, you know what I read? Respect my awards. The- Prince is going to be there, man. You should get it. That's going to be the coolest thing. Is he really? Yeah, I think he is. But we smoked him, though. That's that's, that's the cool part. On the people's choice, but you got the... Well, He's not going to be there. Yes, he is. He's getting a special... Where did you hear that? He was on the news, man. He's going to be there. He's getting a special honorary award. How funny would it be if they put everybody in the same category at the same table? Yeah, that's not going to happen. You're gonna be What's hanging new? with Prince. I can see yeah, that. Yeah, there now. it is. There it is. He is definitely gonna be there. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Prince, will you help me cut my meat, please? Prince. I have this thing with knives. Oh my God, Prince is actually. You see, so this is the ultimate. This is your mission, man. You have to go up there and talk to Prince. I mean, this is just no, it's, gonna, it's fate. We're gonna it trade comes. AOL screen names with him. We're gonna. gonna be my new chat buddy. It's the coolest thing, man. What do you think his What do you think Prince. his I am name is? What do you think? It'll be like Symbol Boy, or you know, Red Corvette, or iPhone Potter. iPhone Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Purple Wait, wow, I'm on your parade. I don't yeah, I'm I'm intimidated beyond intimidated. No, man, that'd be cool. Kidding. Oh, you can do it. That is Thomas, just the coolest thing. Oh, but even I, cooler is Thomas Friedman, who I, is I just know. he's. Awesome. Oh, I know. He's like my idol, too. Not really, John. <laughs> who is he? You didn't even know who he is. He's a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. Man, he's New York Times, Times, baby. And New York Times columnist. Author. He's an author. He's, oh, he's a phenomenal. Really 
Hey, I'm an author now, too, according to Scribulus. Yes, John has yes. an essay on Scribulus. It's up, and it was good. It is. And it's so John. Yeah. It is. It's very John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, the Johnness to it. I whipped it up in three minutes, so yeah. my apologies if there's some typos. It was very good, John. I enjoyed it a lot. But you know what? You can tell that you wrote it from, like, you. I mean, it wasn't just... I mean, you're... I don't know. It just... I liked it because it, I could tell it was you were sincere and it was passionate, and I liked that, you know? Well, it's the, the funny thing about that is that this, I never intended to write an essay. I just... You know, someone had said something on Leaky Lounge about being upset about something, and I just started writing a reply to him, and I just got really long and long. Yeah. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, eh, maybe there's somewhere else I can put this where more people could see it, so I don't have to make that same reply over and over and over again. Yeah. And it just kind of worked out. Four months later, someone read it for me, and then we got to put it uh, on the scribulus. It was good stuff. Yeah. All right, well, let's get out of here. Okay. Rock on. You guys can have a great time. We want to hear all the like details. like the ninth worst wrap-up ever. Oh, no. Stop that. That's not even... <laughs> Don't start making that a joke. It's not funny. Mm. <laughs> okay. Well, as long as you say so. I do. Yeah. Melissa actually tried to convince me after the first time I used the word horcrete to cut it out of the show because it wasn't funny. <laughs> no, because it was on MuggleNet and I had no right saying such a thing. Oh, quit having a better memory than I think <laughs> you do. <laughs> Okay, let's go. Okay. The time to leave. I love these drums. Can we hear them longer? One more thing. Don't forget. Happy birthday, Jason. I love you, Jason. Happy birthday, Mr. Isaac's luscious, luscious, yummy man. Happy birthday (laughs) to you. Hey, so, Sue, um, what would your little... um, Way to Potion kill smell like what, my, the one that smells like the things that you love. Uh, what, what what smell would Jason uh, take up? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't say it on this show. This is family rated show. Thanks. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, Jason, warm, yummy. I don't know. Well, chocolate, you were, um, hot chocolate, baby. You hung out with him for like thirty mm-hmm. minutes. Oh, he did smell good. I will say that. Oh, okay. He had a good cologne on. Guys, if we don't leave and okay. I don't get to put the fan in my apartment on really soon, I'm going to just kind of melt. Okay. Aww. You'll have to talk to Melissa in like Let's a puddle of goo. Snowman. The melted snowman. Melting! What is one snowman say to the other? We don't know yet because it's, we aren't up to that episode of Lost. Joe, you're wasting time! Oh. Mm-hmm. Get it? Buggers. Yeah. <laughs> what? That's his joke. It's supposed to be what the... It's a Lost thing. I know. I just made it up. No, it's from Lost, John. You didn't make no, it up. No, I just made it up. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Oh, and about time too. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Bye, darling. Have a good week. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you two don't mind, I'm going to bed. Funny. Okay, okay, okay. Ready? Okay. Mm. <laughs> you just want to make me laugh so I can't start. Yeah. <laughs> just go ahead. <laughs> I want to be here all night. All night. Darling, darling. Give me the giggles. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Smile for me, darling. Shut up. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Let me see your grills. It's the Gecko cast, everyone. <laughs> we haven't even started yet. This is going to be a weird show. 
<laughs> okay, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm done laughing. We haven't laughed like this in a long time. Oh no, God, it's like we're just <sighs> busted. Okay. Welcome to podcast number 42. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest number we've ever had. If this isn't, if this isn't, isn't the blooper, all the editors are fired. <laughs> all the editors. They're a bad guy. Hey, hey, stop that. You did that once already. It was enough. No, now it's. A I joke. have a cold toilet over my neck because it's so hot in my apartment, and I'm like using Wait. it to dab my eyes. Because <laughs> uh. <sighs> I can't put my fan on while we're recording. Okay. All right. Go All right. Well. <laughs> God. Did I just have this image of you sitting there like swayed, like Lawrence of Arabia with this this wet towel on you? <laughs> We should take pictures of ourselves. Podcast. We should. We should make this a video cast from now on. No. Never. Getting the webcam pretty soon. Never. Okay. 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 I'm ready. Welcome, everybody. (laughs) Why can't I do this? I can because I can hear these people in the background. These drunk people going. That's why they are screaming at an opportune time. I have it on two for God's sake. If I put it on one, you can hear the whole damn county oh, party. Okay, Talk okay. about the party house. It's, the- <laughs> <sighs> it's like a bunch of Hufflepuffs over That's here. That's right. Rock on. Woohoo. Four minutes, right, 12 Jules, seconds. We haven't even wasted. started. I know. <laughs> okay. You should rent the movie Three Men and a Baby and you'll know what I mean. That's right. You should rent the movie Three Men and a Dollish. <laughs> That's a scary thought. <laughs> That actually doesn't. That sounds like an adult film. I wanted so bad not to laugh at that. I tried. This gets me in trouble. Okay, okay. Stop it! You're gonna make me have the giggles again. Okay. okay. Peanut brittle. Peanut brittle. Peanut, peanut brittle. John, no, John your brain needs to be studied for science, I swear. Hey, you leave me alone. You study your own science. Peanut, peanut brittle. No, and Sue turns it into a song. I swear to God, I don't know where I am some days. 42nd Pottercast.